This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Tonic, heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. I went through all of the stages that people go through. It's like, nah, it's not going to matter. Until finally I came to grips with, okay, I have diabetes. I've got to start working within it. And then slowly I looked into it and what I could do about it. It took me about two years for my own personal journey to come to grips with everything. And once I did, I slowly started to tackle it. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness-related issues. On today's show, we're going to discuss how lifestyle can help prevent pre-diabetes and its progression to type 2 diabetes. Then we're going to chat about finding the right cookbook as a holiday gift for your favorite chef at home. And lastly, we're going to discuss cannabis myths in a post-truth world. But first, a little bit of business. Today's sponsor is Purely Natural a family-owned Canadian company of fourth-generation master herbalists who've been in business for over 100 years. They've been working with Tonic Magazine for over 10 years, and in particular writing for Tonic, heading up our preventative medicine column for over seven years. Purely Natural is also one of the original sponsors for the OMTO Yoga Festival and the Fit for Fall Festival. The company is certified GMP, kosher, and organic. I use Purely Natural products, and I think they're terrific. And as a thank you to all the Tonic listeners, Purely Natural is offering $10 off on orders over $50 with free shipping. The offer is good until the end of January 2018. Go visit their website, purelynatural.com. That's P-U-R-E-L-E-N-A-T-U-R-A-L.com and enter the code, THETONIC. Our first guest today is Joel Thuna, who's a master herbalist and general manager of Purely Natural. He strives to improve the quality and natural products on the market and passes along his knowledge of herbal remedies through lectures and articles. He's an accessible, common-sense writer, and today we're going to discuss some of the issues raised in his article in the November issue of Tonic Magazine on how lifestyle decisions can help prevent prediabetes and its progression to type 2 diabetes. Hi, Joel. Welcome. Thank you, Jamie. It's always a pleasure to be here. Cool. Now, in your article, you say that diabetes will be the seventh leading cause of death on the planet by the year 2030, and next year, 3.7 million Canadians will be affected by diabetes, which is positively scary to me. But you say that through lifestyle decisions, we can help prevent prediabetes and the progression to type 2 diabetes, which is fantastic news. So first off, I think we should explain to the listeners, what exactly is prediabetes and what is type 2 diabetes? Okay. Prediabetes is where your body just can't handle sugar as well as it's supposed to. Essentially, it's, it's also referred to as impaired glucose tolerance. What it means is that you eat different foods, different drinks, you take it in, your body converts almost all of it into simple sugars, and they need to get into your cells for you to get energy. The problem is with impairment in that mechanism or prediabetes, your body just doesn't handle it properly and you end up having the sugar remain in your bloodstream where it causes damage. 
Okay. And, and what is type 2 diabetes? Type 2 diabetes is the progression where it's not occasionally that happens. It's a constant. That's the case. And at that point, you're actually doing damage to many organs in your body. Okay. So what are the risk factors for developing prediabetes and type 2 diabetes? The primary risk factor is genetics and your weight. Those are the two big ones. If you have a genetic predisposition to diabetes, i.e. your mother, your father, grandmother, grandfather, etc., had diabetes, you're more likely to get it. On top of that, if you're overweight or obese, which is extreme overweight, you're more likely to get it. And what causes all of that to be worse or to be more pronounced is the two big problems we have in Western society, which is inactivity or sedentary lifestyle and poor eating. Okay. Now, this is something you know about firsthand, right? So, so let's talk about where you were a few years ago. I'm sad to say that about 13, 14 years ago at a routine doctor's visit, I was diagnosed as being a type 2 diabetic. It came as a huge shock to my wife and I because prediabetes has absolutely no visible signs. I didn't know I had at the time prediabetes, but I did. And I went through all of the stages that people go through. It's like, nah, it's not going to matter. Oh my God, what's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Until finally I came to grips with, okay, I have diabetes. I've got to start working within it. I, I took the courses that are mandatory in Ontario to help me understand the disease. And then slowly I looked into it and what I could do about it. It took me about two years for my own personal journey to come to grips with everything. And once I did, I slowly started to tackle it. I very gently, gradually changed my diet. I started to lose weight. I started to exercise more. I now have a pedometer that is my personal buddy. I gave up my beautiful watches. I'm a watch collector, or I used to be. Right. I gave them up, and now I wear this really disgustingly ugly watch, but it's a pedometer on it. I know my steps every minute of the day. I try and hit a minimum of 10,000 a day, and I also try to do at least 30 to 35 floors a day. Wow. Oh, yeah. My record is 26,000 steps in a day. That's my record. I'm trying to top that this coming year. <laughs> see, I, see I, I work at home, and for me to get that many steps in, I think, would be virtually impossible. How, do, how does that manifest itself? Are you walking to uh, the bank? To the, like, uh, well, I actively make certain choices. Uh, for one, I no longer go for parking spots near buildings. I go far away if I can, where possible. Second thing, I don't use escalators or elevators if I can. I take stairs. Another thing I do is I make sure if I'm going somewhere and it's under about five blocks, I walk every time as opposed to driving. Uh, a lot of my friends think I'm nuts and they'll actually meet me places. It's, it's quite entertaining. Um, the other thing I do is I actually use my cell phone to my advantage in that I take cell phone calls wherever I am and I don't sit down anymore. I pace while I talk on the phone. And I find I can, while I'm at work, I can, for example, do laps around my building while making business phone calls. I can do four or 5,000 steps on a 20-minute phone call, whereby before I used to just sit at my desk and talk on the phone. Okay, so you're more active. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a bit more about your diet changes. So how did, what were you doing that made a big difference on that side? 
I essentially started looking at what simple carbohydrates I was having, uh, those being your white flour-containing foods, your white rice-containing foods, and your white sugar-containing foods, and wherever possible, I eliminated them. The biggest single change when it came to my diet is I stopped going out. My wife and I now cook every single meal we eat unless there's an occasion we have to go out, like friends come in from out of town or it's a, it's a family event or a wedding or something like that. Other than that, we stay home and we eat and we cook so we know everything that's in our food. We also do a lot of cooking at home at our house and it makes a huge difference when you see what goes into the food. Uh, you can sort of regulate the salt, the sugar, the fat uh, in a more meaningful way. And improve the flavor. And improve the flavor. <laughs> So in the article, uh, at the end of the article, you also mentioned some supplements that I think you find helpful in mm -hmm. terms of, of regulating uh, the intake and, and helping with this issue of prediabetes. So why don't you share with the audience what some of those are? There, there's numerous ones out there. There's two that I particularly use. One is I put soluble fiber in everything. Uh, you can now get soluble fiber that has no taste, no smell, no texture. It doesn't thicken. So there's no negative to it. The second thing I take every day is I take milk thistle extract capsules. And between those two, I find that that has helped greatly. It's, it's not a solution, but they just help it along. And very quickly, what does the milk thistle do? Milk thistle actually helps your liver work better. And your liver is very involved in digestion of carbohydrates and fats. And by helping it work better, it controls some of the processes inside your body. Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming in today and talking about your personal experience. My pleasure. Uh, next time you come back in, which is next month, what would you like to talk about? Most likely I'm going to do an in-depth on milk thistle. Okay. Well, then I'm glad we ended <laughs> off with it. We've got to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to tell you about the best cookbooks to give as holiday gifts on The Tonic. Hi, I'm Jamie Busson, and I'm the publisher of Tonic Magazine and the host of The Tonic. I just wanted to remind you that the Tonic Talk Show is brought to you by Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness publication that I've been putting out for over 10 years. We're available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods, all in Toronto. You can learn more about the magazine by visiting our website, www.tonictoronto.com. And if you ever miss an episode of The Tonic, you can also hear it there. I'd also like to thank the Benvenuto Group. The Benvenuto Group is an owner and developer of quality high-rise condominium and rental properties in Toronto and Montreal. The Benvenuto team is passionate about delivering quality living spaces, top lifestyle amenities, important services, and innovative design tailored specifically to its residents in every particular submarket. The Benvenuto Group seeks out the finest urban neighborhoods and designs projects to allow its residents to enjoy the benefits of both their property and the exceptional locations that they become a part of. The team surrounds itself with leading professionals and consultants and pushes them to conceive great places to live, to work, and to play. The Benvenuto Group is currently designing several new projects in Toronto, Montreal, and Chicago that will not only become exceptional places to live as an owner or as a renter, but that will deliver some of the highest levels of sustainability, energy efficiency, and comfort, and will set the standard for informed residents. For more information, please visit thebenvenuto.com. I'd like to give a shout out to another sponsor, WeVibe, creators of the Couples Vibrator. WeVibe designs premium products that work with your body to enhance pleasure and intimacy for couples. 
Their line of vibrators is one of the most recognized and respected. With a team of world-class designers working closely with experts in sexuality, health, and wellness, WeVibe continues to set new industry standards for designing intimate products that work beautifully in sync with the human body. Want to infuse more passion and connect with your partner in exciting new ways? Go to WeVibe.com. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. In addition to being a lawyer, mother of three teenagers, and wife of one of the most difficult men on the planet, my next guest is also the immensely popular cookbook reviewer for Tonic Magazine, my wife, Naomi. Hi, honey. Hi. The reason I brought you on the show today is so that I could conduct a bit of an intervention. You see, you've got a problem, and I think admitting it would be a healthy first step. We need to discuss your food porn addiction. It all started off so innocently. You know, the copy of Joy of Cooking you got as an engagement present. And then the subscription to Bon Appetit. And now you, you, you review these cookbooks and you leave them lying around the house. And the pages are left open with all those provocative photos of salads and sides and mains and desserts. And it represents food standards that most of us can't compete with. It's troubling. Will you at least admit that you have a problem? Absolutely not. Well, let's at least see if we can learn from your horrific mistakes. So you are a cookbook addict, and, and that's what I'm talking about. You, you, you love cookbooks. They're, they're your passion. So let's talk about which cookbook that you reviewed the past year spoke to you the most. Okay. Well, first of all, I do need to respond. No, you don't need to respond. <laughs> don't feel that you need to respond. All right, go ahead. I'm not a cookbook addict. I'm very discerning. Cookbooks are beautiful to look at. Everybody who comes over to our house likes to leaf through them. They're interesting. And I don't take just anything. I give them away. I pick and choose very carefully, which leads me to answer your question. One of the cookbooks that I really liked this year that I guess spoke to me, as you say, is called Dinner Changing the Game. It's by an author called Melissa Clark, who writes for the New York Times food column. And she has written... um, She's collaborated on a number of cookbooks, writes lots of recipes. I thought it was a really great cookbook, you know, the answer to what am I going to make for dinner. Her idea is that anybody can cook when they get home from work. It doesn't take that long. She's moving away from the idea that you need one main and two sides. She focuses on one dish that will be the the main component of your dinner, and then you can just add some greens or some bread with it. So all you need to worry about is one dish and a very great flavorful dish. Really interesting book. And, and you know, the nice thing is we get to sample the recipes, you know, that, that you make them. So, so what were the highlights of, of that particular cookbook? Which one did we make that you really liked? Well, the herbed Parmesan Dutch baby was really delicious. A lot of people really like that book. I also really like the linguine with fried Uh, Lemon slices and chili flakes, easy, delicious, flavorful. Also, smoky paprika chicken with crispy chickpeas, roasted lemon, and baby kale. Really Mm, good. Delicious. Now, I know your real passion is baking. So if you were going to recommend a cookbook for people who like to bake, what would you recommend? So for sure, on everybody's list this holiday will be Sweet by Ottolenghi. People may be familiar with Ottolenghi's cookbooks. He's written a bunch of them, and they're classics. A lot of vegetarian cookbooks, but not just, called Plenty, Plenty More, Ottolenghi, Jerusalem, really great Middle Eastern flavors. Well, now he's come out with this new cookbook called Sweet. And 
again, there's definitely Middle Eastern influence to the recipes, but it's uh, there's all kinds of new classics, I would say. So I have this one. I've already made a number of things, having fun cooking from it. Just made banana cakes with rum caramel. They were really easy, really good. They were Definitely delicious. make them again. Yes, I agree. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes you get the more advanced cook, and I call them food nerds. It's all about the process. So if for the food nerds out there, what, what cookbook would you recommend? Well, I wouldn't say it's for more advanced cooks, but for people who are food nerds who are interested in cooking, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, really great book this year. If you want to read about food, if you want to learn about how to, how to cook and how to make your food better, it's a great cookbook for you. Lots of pictures and charts and graphs. One easy tip that I got was that I know I need to salt my tomatoes and cucumbers in my salad, but what the author says is cut them up first, put the salt on them and set them aside while you make the rest of your salad, then throw them on top. They'll be way better. And that works. Great tip. So interesting book. Definitely recommend it. Okay. What about for those who like to watch the Food Network, what celebrity chef has a new cookbook out there? So I'm a big fan of Alex Grandeschelli. If you watch the Food Network, you know that she's very articulate and thoughtful. All of them are successful, but not all of them are necessarily good teachers or you know, good cooks themselves. So she has a new book out called Home Cook, Recipes to Know by Heart. Also, good recipes, doable recipes, lots of New York, Italian, Jewish recipes that everybody would like. Okay. And one last cookbook recommendation. If you have somebody who's a little bit younger and is into perhaps the food blogs, what would you recommend? New book called Cherry Bomb. It's an indie magazine and podcast celebrating women and food. And they have put out a cookbook, which is very beautiful to look at, nicely photographed, real variety of recipes from all over the world and all women chefs, bloggers, and food writers, kind of a celebration of women in the industry, and a fun book to look at. Great. Well, thank you for coming on today. We've got to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about cannabis myths in the post-truth world on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Purica. Purica wants you to turn its protein into your power, a blend of the finest vegan protein and the antioxidant powerhouse that is the pure chaga mushrooms. Purica Power features ingredients and enzymes designed to optimize digestion and absorption. Unlike many protein powders, Purica Power tastes great with water and mixes easily. It's available in chocolate, vanilla, and natural unflavored. From the Purica family to yours, Purica Power is a new way to make the most of every day. It's all part of the Purica commitment to making a positive difference in the lifestyle of its customers. Ask your favorite health food store for Purica Power vegan protein or visit purica.com. Purica, nature, science, you. The Canadian Cannabis Clinics have helped over 35,000 patients across Canada manage pain, anxiety, insomnia, and more, reducing dependence on opioids in many cases. They've received referrals from over 8,000 family physicians and specialists across Canada and have 27 locations across the country. If you're curious about medical cannabis, visit them at one of their 27 clinics across Canada for a free assessment with one of their doctors. To learn more, visit CannabisClinics.ca or call at 1-888-797-9374. 
You're listening to The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Our next guest, Michael Murchison, is a cannabis counselor with Canadian Cannabis Clinics, Canada's largest network of cannabis-specialized medical clinics. Michael's passion for educating others on the medical benefits of cannabis developed when helping a family member treat MS. Now, through counseling and developing new educational tools, Michael helps hundreds of patients optimize their treatments. This past year, I engaged the cannabis community to help me with some content for Tonic Magazine because I felt that most of the news in Toronto about marijuana was overwhelmingly negative, focusing in on the unregulated dispensaries and their issues with neighborhoods and crime. I knew that there was another side to the story about regulated clinics and the help that people are receiving to alleviate chronic pain, anxiety, and other ailments. Michael wrote a great article in the April issue of Tonic about our current state of knowledge about cannabis, and I brought him in today to elaborate on some of the points made in that article. Welcome, Michael. How are you? Hi, Jamie. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Well, let's just get right into it. What do we know about cannabis, and why don't we know more? Well, I think that there's a lot that we don't know about cannabis. I think that there's a lot of things that people assume that we know about it that we actually don't. I think that there are very few things that we can really save with absolute certainty that we that we know for sure. One thing that does always come to mind is something that really stands out from what I've read in the science is that the fact that cannabis, when you use it in high high amounts, it tends to be very detrimental and sometimes very counterproductive if you're using it for medical purposes. And if you're using it in smaller amounts, it tends to have a much, uh, much better impact on, on the actual symptoms that you're trying to control. And so I, I think that Apart from that and, and a few other things, there are very few things that we actually know about cannabis for sure. I think that over the next several decades, we're actually going to get kind of where we should be right now in terms of our understanding of cannabis once, we, once we're able to actually get a, a reasonable amount of research out of it. Because at this point, it's only been a, a couple decades, really. So we, we do know a few things, though. So, so what are the health benefits of medical marijuana? Well, the health benefits certainly uh, does help with pain. Uh, we know that for sure. And it does uh, also help with nausea, uh, vomiting, sleep-inducing as well. It helps with the insomniacs uh, to some degree. And it also uh, has been shown to possibly help with diabetes even. Things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's might, might have some potential preventing. And, uh, yeah, there, there's really a, a large plethora of different conditions that it seems to have some impact on, but as far as the amount of research uh, that's been done on it, there's very, very few things we can say for sure, um, but definitely the pain relief when it comes to chronic pain and, and, and definitely helping with nausea, uh, with, especially with people going through chemotherapy. Okay. And, and what are the health risks of medical marijuana? Uh, the health risks of it really stem from the THC itself. Uh, the the uh, nine the delta nine tetrahydrocannabinol it's the the main active molecule in cannabis that that most people associate with cannabis because it gives you kind of the high effect right um, and it it does have a lot of positive benefits it helps with pain insomnia mood it helps with weight loss just by stimulating your appetite it helps with nausea and stress PTSD especially but it does have some some possible downsides to it, especially, again, if you're taking too much of it, mainly dysphoria, anxiety, dizziness, fatigue, dry mouth, 
<laughs> that, that's, a, that's a difficult one to avoid. <laughs> right. And it can also uh, have some memory impairment as well. And usually those kind of symptoms are very short-term, but if you're using it chronically, if you're using cannabis sort of every day or several times a day, uh, then it, it can become a, an issue. But even then, the upside of cannabis itself is that it, it never really has any extremely long-term effects as long as you stop taking it. Okay, so there, people who know about cannabis know that there are strains of cannabis. What are the strains of cannabis, and how do they affect you differently? So yeah, that that is that is a, a bit of a of a myth uh, that, that that's going around as far as the differences that are, that are associated with those. So mainly there are sativa, uh, indica, and then hybrid strains of cannabis. Right. Hybrids being a combination of the two, essentially. Indicas are said to have more sedative, more relaxing kind of uh, sleepy effects, and sativas are said to have more sort of stimulating, uplifting, energetic effects, and then hybrids are said to sort of be a combination of the two in different ratios. But the actual science that's been done trying to distinguish those differences has amounted to very little and shown that it's very kind of chaotic as far as um, the actual effects that you can expect from each different strain. Part of the problem also stems from the mislabeling of strains uh, as well, but we, we certainly haven't seen any, any scientific data that, that's shown that those particular strains cause those predictable effects. And so I've had many patients myself who they'll try an indica strain and it it's, gives them kind of a bit of energy, gives them kind of a good daytime effect, and then they try a sativa and it kind of knocks them out and puts them right to sleep. So I think that there's a lot of, of things that we don't quite understand about cannabis, and I think that because we don't understand that much about cannabis uh, on that level, that's why people kind of seek out those sort of simplified sort of categories to look at and say, okay, I know this is indica, so it's going to be good for, good for my nighttime. But I think that there, we just have to sort of look at into cannabis a lot more deeply and, and understand a lot more better as far as all the different compounds that are in there and all the different levels that are in there uh, that are affecting people differently um, rather than just going to that one sort of label that has very little to do with the actual effects of the, of the plant itself. Fantastic. Well, thank you for explaining that. Uh, we're going to have to have you come back in again. And when you do, uh, I, I, I would like to explore the topic of how medical marijuana impacts on women's health issues specifically. Will you come back again? Yeah, I would love that. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to The Tonic. You can download this episode on a podcast on zoomerradio.ca and thetonic.ca. For articles written by our guests Joel Thuna, Naomi Bussin, and Michael Murchison, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighbourhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at www.tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we'll discuss how recent allegations of sexual misconduct in the entertainment industry and politics will impact your relationships a cost-benefit analysis of eating organic, and how to maintain your fitness over the holiday season. This is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.